can you actually hold on just a second? Oh, yes. My phone's battery okay. just like is, I need oh, to grab no. a charger inside. Hey, hold on guys. My secret place in the car is changing to the guest room here. What? No, I don't. I don't, you guys can't talk to me either though. It's not just the baby. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I can get plugged in before I run out of power here. So probably, can you ask the question again? As a young, expectant mom in graduate school, Stacy began noticing changes in her ability to function as she once had. MayoClinic.org states that for many people with depression, symptoms usually are severe enough to cause noticeable problems in day-to-day activities, such as work, school, social activities, or relationships with others. On this episode, Stacy shares how her depression began interfering with daily living and the steps she took to make sure it didn't take over her life. I am Stacy, and I have uh, been married to my husband for 15 years, and we have five children. Um, I have uh, my oldest is a boy, and my youngest is a boy, and then I've got three girls in the middle, and um, we currently live in North Carolina, and previously have lived in Ohio and Michigan, and Utah together, and then I grew up in Virginia, and um, some of the things that keep me going um, outside of my family right now are, um, I I love singing, and um, I'm in a community chorus that's practicing virtually right now in 2020 and um, that's been good just to have that to work on Um, and then I also am the choir director at church and have done that four other times previously so I I enjoy it and I've, I've missed it lately when we haven't been rehearsing and singing together and I love reading and baking so that's some of the things that that I do lately (laughs) currently so I want to ask you just looking back on your life starting from when you were a child when did you first become aware of what mental illness or what depression was I remember uh probably when I was in middle school I had a friend at church who he was I don't remember if he said something or I don't know I just got this sense that he was really sad that day um and I you know this is like in the the age of passing notes to your friends or whatever and I I don't remember if I wrote him a note or if I just talked to him but by the end of church I got a note back from him and it was just he was just talking about how he was struggling with some things and and I don't, uh, I don't know, you know, if I don't, I don't remember if he used the word depression or if we ever passed that word between us, but kind of looking back, that was like the first time I realized that like people can struggle with things and um, that would make them upset and, and that they would have a hard time talking about. Yeah. the Those words like depression, anxiety. I feel like we hear them a lot now, like in this 
generation. Mm-hmm. People talk about it using that terminology a lot. But when we were younger, because you and I are the same age, it just wasn't. It was not addressed in those terms. Yeah. And I like, I don't, so it's hard for me to pinpoint the time that, that uh, I would have like understood what that was really because people didn't talk about it and I know now that um you know friends that I had growing up or their mothers and maybe their dads too like I I know of people now who you know they struggled with depression or other mental illnesses and some of them were probably taking medication and it was helping them cope with life and whatever. And so you wouldn't have known, but I think it's so good that we talk about it more now and it's not easy, but I think it's really helpful. (laughs) That is absolutely true. And when did you basically come to terms with the fact that you indeed suffered from a mental illness? When, uh, Jeff and I first got married. We were both in school and I was uh, in graduate school and he was finishing up his undergraduate degree. And I went through a couple years of coursework and then was trying to work on my thesis, my master's project, actually it was called. And I had a really hard time like nailing down what I wanted to do for like focusing what I should focus my project on and I would email professors about things and not hear back and I would you know just try to formulate different ideas on my own and struggle with that and then um, at the same time I was since I was done with my coursework I was looking for a job because I was like, well, I'm not in class all the time, so I could work full time and wouldn't that be great? And, you know, work on my project, work at a job. And I can't remember exactly the timeline, but somewhere in there, I also I found out that I was expecting my first child. So I just I don't know exactly um when it was, but it was really demoralizing to kind of hear back from these jobs that I applied for and, or, or never hear back from jobs you applied for. It's just not ever hear back is just like, well, what was I doing wrong? And I can't get feedback and no one's telling me why they don't want to hire me. Um, all these different things. And I was just kind of really let down by all that. And then my, I really wanted to get my project going and just had a hard time, like, setting up meetings with multiple people and different things. I just was really overwhelmed by that. But then it also, it was a, it was a bad cycle, Katie, because I, I was, it was almost like sometimes I didn't want to meet with them because I didn't have any ideas or I didn't have done what I wanted to have done by the time I would meet with them or what, like it was, it was like, I, it was just a really felt like a big pile to be under kind of. And and I remember telling my husband, I, I just don't, I don't think that I can do this. This is too much. I can't, uh, I can't, I can't get anything done. And I felt like it was just all uh, very much on top of me. And it was, 
really hard. And then being pregnant added a different layer of things because I was, you know, more emotional um, and just really struggling with, with things. And I don't you know, looking back, I don't, uh, I don't think that I would say like, Oh, this was like, I don't blame anybody for me feeling this way, but it was just kind of like, I just felt like I was sinking because I couldn't move forward in so many different areas I was trying to. And it was just hard. Finally, at my husband's encouragement, as well as my bishops, um, at, through church, he, he recommended, you know, going to talk to somebody. And, uh, and so did my husband. And so I went to the campus, um, it's called, I guess, the Comprehensive Clinic at BYU. And they had counselors there to talk to. And, and so I went to somebody and literally like didn't know what to talk about when I went like it was <laughs> I, I was just like I'm struggling with all these things and maybe there's something wrong with me like um that's kind of what I <laughs> remember the, those conversations being um I guess I was like 22 21 22 as you look back though I'm sure you can see like you were under a lot of pressure I mean being pregnant by itself that's a huge thing for a young a young new mother who's never had children before and then you're in the middle of a graduate program and you're also newly married and concerned about supporting this new little child that's coming you know while your husband's still in school I mean you were in a position that you were under a lot of stress and pressure so I think that um, a lot of times mental illnesses become a parent during situations of really high stress and pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think um, it just, I just remember like telling my husband um, and I'm so sorry, but I, like I, I I remember sitting on the couch and talking to him and I just like, I, I just don't feel like I'm the, the same girl that you married. I don't know what's wrong with me. And he you know, I, I think he just really wanted to be supportive, but also maybe we did, he, neither of us really knew what to do. And so going to talk to somebody was a good, a good, but hard step um, to take, but that was um, just being able to open up about it and kind of explore my own thoughts a little bit more was really, was really helpful. And looking back, I am, you know, I, I now having experienced that when I first felt like life was really getting on top of me. And that's when I really felt the first time, like very low and very depressed. I look back further in time and I can see times in life, um, in college before that, that, uh, I probably was having some of those same symptoms, but um, there's the same thoughts and feelings about myself that it just manifested a little bit differently. And I didn't really know how to put my finger on it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people go through that. They have a really, really intense life experience that kind of pushes them to get a diagnosis, but then they retrospectively look back at their life and they go, Oh, now all these things are making sense or they're falling into place. I know it was like that for me with OCD. It was like, okay, 
now I get why I was so high strung as a kid or, you know, I, and it's just, it's really interesting, but it usually does take a very stressful situation to kind of push us to the point of getting help. Yeah. And I like, so like now all these years later, I know that I am possibly sinking like, like life is again, I always say this getting on top of me, but, but that, that feeling of like so much dread and overwhelm just my day to day, everything when that becomes really heavy and I notice that like my desires for fewer social interactions or like crossing my fingers that things just get canceled. Like when I start wanting to pull myself back socially and all these different things, like I know like red flag, red flag, red flag, but like for so long, I didn't, I didn't know my own symptoms. And, and so now I, it's amazing how much we learn along the way. Right. When I first went to go see a counselor, I just, and I remember she, she was just sitting there and she was like, well, what do you like to do? And I have all these things that I like to do. And she's like, well, when was the last time you did those things? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm really busy with this and this and that, you know, and she was like, you need to go take a walk to the duck pond with your husband or something like that. Like, she's like, you need to go and you need to go do something fun or just whatever it is. You need to go and do it. And so I remember my husband like, okay, that's your assignment this week. Okay, what should we go do? And he's like, okay, let's go to the tulip gardens at Thanksgiving point in Utah and let's go do this. And this is fun. And let's go camping this weekend or what? Like, but, uh, I really, um, needed that push. Like it's okay to do fun things, even though you have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Right. And you need to do fun things, even if you have a lot of work to do. Right. It's critical. So did you struggle with postpartum depression after any of your children? I have. um, And actually, it was interesting because, you know, when I was seeing somebody in during my pregnancy, and then when I had my son, my oldest, um, you know, it was like a couple months later, I was like, okay, I should go see somebody else. And I went to go see someone and she was like, you have postpartum depression. And I said, well, I already had depression before the baby. And so I don't think it's just that it went away and now it's come back. And so I remember I had a hard time with like that. Like what I was like, what's the difference? Because, you know, and and it was the first time too. So I just remember thinking like, but I was already depressed. So isn't it just still here? And, and it was a different um, doctor that I was seeing then she was not, she was an actual doctor. I think the other person had been like a student or resident or whatever. And anyways, I remember I, I, she gave me different things to work on. There was like relaxation and breathing exercises. Um, very, like she gave me good assignments, this, this second lady that I saw and, and that was good. Like I, and I learned then, like I do really well with like give me homework, (laughs) give me something to do so that I can work at it. Um, and she helped me process lots of things that were going on. Um, 
different things that were coming up, like family things or just how I was uh, feeling about my baby um, and myself. And, and so that was, that was good. And I, but I think um, after my second child also, it was, it came up a little bit later, but I kind of knew like this might happen that, that I may sink down a little bit. And, and it was a while after she was born that I went and saw somebody. Um, and at this point we were living in a new place. So I struggled then. So I'm just going to interrupt for yeah. a second. Cause you kind of piqued my curiosity uh-huh. when you said that about how, well, I already had depression. Didn't it just, isn't it just still here? Do you looking back now, do you feel like the depression was different or intensified in the postpartum phase or do you really believe that it's it was just part of the depression that you already had that was just continuing to be difficult I I think there were some different things that came up so it was a little bit different there was uh, some of it was like related to the baby and I I struggled with a couple things like in my mind I would see myself doing something to harm my child and I wouldn't do those things. And I definitely would not want to do that. And I, and I remember telling the doctor this, I was like, this is really weird. And she was like, well, you know, there's a name for this. And there's like, you know, she's like, and it's actually like your brain is telling you like not to do these things, but for whatever reason, you're like, it, you're processing it weird in your mind. And that could be depression and, that was, it was different kinds of intrusive thoughts after the baby. And so I, I don't think it was wrong to say, like, I had postpartum depression. That I may have had, you know, antepartum depression as well. But that may not have been related to my pregnancy. Like, it's really hard to know, I guess. And so once I had my two kids, and they're exactly 18 months apart. And after that second one, it was a while into that and I was just kind of like whoa having a hard time here and my husband's like you need to find somebody here in Michigan to talk to and so I went and I found somebody and that was really really helpful at that time because I thought there's no way I could have any more kids like this is this is too much and I remember thinking like I don't know that I'm done having kids but I can't go on like this, um, feeling so defeated all the time and feeling like I, my, my depression at that time came out in anger towards my little tiny kids. Um, and I didn't ever, it wasn't like I was hurting anybody. Um, but I would just get really frustrated, um, about little things and my husband was really busy with his doctoral program at the time so that was that was a tricky time for me and I think it's really interesting to look back because I remember there were times when I would feel like oh today is a good day I'm going to like load the kids up in the stroller and we're going to take a walk we had um friends that lived all over this family housing area that we were in and a lot of people lived over by this one area of the complex that were our church friends and so a lot of the moms hung out with their toddlers like in this one spot 
and I lived in a different spot, so I didn't always go over there. And sometimes it felt really hard to go over there. And so I remember, literally, I remember this one day and I went and like, it was, I felt, okay, I can do this, but it was really hard. Like get the kids in the stroller. Everybody's dressed. I'm dressed, ready to go. We're going to go play somewhere different and see people. And, and I got over there and was feeling like, oh, we did it. Like we're here, we're playing. And a friend of mine came over and she didn't live right there either. But she was like, oh, hey, what are you doing all the way over here? You never come over here. And I like, I literally was like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. And that was like, that was my first thought. Not like, oh, hey, yeah, it was, we made it. You know, I wasn't, I couldn't celebrate to her. It was like, in my mind, it was like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't even be here. Why did you work up all the courage to come here and do things with other people? I think back on times like that, it was like, I have a lot of thoughts that are completely irrational, like, and I still do. Um, and I have to kind of work through those. And that's a lot of my therapy um, back then, that was 10 years ago, um, till now is a lot of it is like, just me like, Stacy, does that even make sense? Like, <laughs> I have to stop and think and I have to acknowledge that I've thought that thing but it might not be true or real I, I don't think we ended up leaving right after that comment but at the same time I'm like I don't know I don't remember if I enjoyed the rest of that's what I remember though is the comment for me like that that postpartum period has been different after each child but that was about a year after my second child was born. And then it took us a little while um, to get pregnant with our third. And then the fourth one came along 14 months later. So they're pretty close together. Whoa. And I don't, I don't really, I don't remember a ton about the time between those two because we were getting ready to leave Michigan, move to Ohio. Like it was, it was very busy and I kind of, just didn't pay attention to myself probably very much then. Um, but I think, yeah, after the fourth one, hit a low period again, calling my husband saying, you need to make dinner tonight. It ain't going to happen. Like, and he's like, oh, I'm on it. You know, he's like on his way home from work. Okay. Um, and just, you know, now I think my youngest is two and we have a, there's a five-year gap almost between my fourth and fifth children. But I also have been seeing somebody for most of the time that I lived in North Carolina. And so that's been, that's been really good for me to kind of have that constant um, and already set in place and not have to go find somebody when I was struggling um, after he was born. Absolutely. And I, you've touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to ask, what do you feel like you've lost because of the mental illness that you've suffered from over the years? But also, what do you feel like you've gained? I think a lot of times um, after the fact, after we have had an event or something, I feel like something I've missed out on a lot of times was just the joy of that thing one way that that shows up for me is um every year my husband 
makes like these annual slideshows. Um, it's kind of like his anniversary present to me. And I watch these videos from when some of my kids were younger. And I see, like, I can tell that I, I am just like not at my happiest. And, and it's, you know, pictures of family birthdays or holidays or like all the things that you do in a year. And I can tell that's Stacy when she was not doing well. But something that I have gained through all of this and all of that struggle, um, I don't think that I could have learned empathy in a better way than just like really knowing what it's like to feel lonely when you're surrounded by people. It's really, um, it's been an eye opener for me to know that I know I don't have it as bad as some people do. And so sometimes I pretend like I don't struggle because I know I don't have it as bad as some people. But I do know that it's really hard. It's really hard. And so when I know that somebody else is struggling, I can feel for them in a different way. And I can understand them and I can, you know, maybe try to say the right thing or or hope that I can be a shoulder for them to cry on and I don't I don't know that I necessarily have been that but I I feel like I it puts me in a place to just be able to relate to people better all kinds of people you know that's that's the gift of it right that's the gift of mental illness is being able to help provide hope for somebody who comes along after you. And I think it's a very, very powerful gift and uh, it's hard earned though. That's for sure. It's definitely hard earned. What do, what helps the most from your husband or from your family, basically your support system, what helps the most when you are going through a particularly difficult time? Sometimes um, it just really helps when other people notice that I'm having a hard time and, and they don't necessarily wait for me to say that. Um, and my husband is good at this. I, I think he, several times he has just said, you know, tonight mom's got to go somewhere. And so dad's in charge of bedtime. So say goodbye to mom after dinner. He's like, just go sit in the room by yourself or go somewhere <laughs> or whatever. And um, and that has been, that's been really good for me. Like just sometimes I just, cause he's like very aware, like mm-hmm. the kitchen's a disaster. Like either I've been baking a lot or <laughs> like everything's getting on top of mom again. So let's give her a break, you know? And sometimes when I talk to my mom on the phone, even it's the same thing. She's like, are you really fine? Don't say fine. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not fine. It's been a really hard day or whatever. But I think just really people being able to jump in and help even if I haven't asked for it that really that really means a lot to me you know I might be drowning in whatever it is I'm feeling or thinking at that time and just jump in and save me like you don't need to ask me what's going on just help me I love that and I love what your husband does for you that he just will notice and then say, all right, it's time for a break. That's, that's really wonderful. And it just shows what a good partnership you guys have developed over the years. So when you are at your lowest, 
what are the things that you have found that best help you personally to combat the darkness? I think um, something that has helped me a lot uh, that I, this is me telling myself I need to do this more currently, um, but I, I really benefited a lot from keeping a gratitude journal and also filling myself spiritually is really important. Um, it's important to me anyways, but it helps me to stay grounded. Um, you know, even when I'm struggling so much, I know that, that I can be strong in that area or at least be doing what I can to feel strong, even if it's hard. So that for me would be praying and reading scriptures and just staying close to God because I, I have sometimes felt that, that that was one of the only things keeping me going. Even if other things felt hard and difficult, I knew that, that, he, that God was on my side. And so if I could stay close to him and remember that, then that would help me. And I think the gratitude, keeping track of things that I'm thankful for is really helpful um, for that same reason that I, I believe that my blessings come from a God who loves me. And so that uh, it's just a good, good way for me to stay in a good frame of mind. I love that. That was such a beautiful way of stating it too, Stacey. You did such a good job of, of explaining those feelings. And if there was anything that you could share with somebody who, if you could talk to a young mom, you know, 21, 22 years old, just about ready to have their first baby and in a similar position that you were in, you know, 15 years ago, what would be your biggest advice to that person? No, I think that I would, I would really want to tell her that she will, she will love her baby and that uh, she should also make sure to love herself and that if uh, there's a time when she feels like it's hard to love herself or to love her baby, that that there are people and resources available there are things that can help her and that you know she doesn't need to to feel alone in any of that 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 uh that she can feel supported you know in spite of any feelings that she might have that seem abnormal that that it's okay and that she can get the help that she needs and um you know and if this was somebody that was already struggling with some of those feelings I just I would want to give her a hug honestly (laughs) I thought I would also mention that that for me there have been times as I said before that I kind of just write it off like oh I'm not struggling right now I'm not having a hard time everything's okay I'm just busy or or like I try to just gloss over it um and I think it's because I, I like I, I think we sometimes we obviously compare ourselves to people who don't seem to struggle with any mental illness but also there's like this hierarchy in my mind 
of like how bad my mental illness is. And um, I was talking with my current therapist about this and just talking to her about how, you know, I, I don't feel like I, I'm, I've never been one who struggles like with getting out of bed. I might not shower and get dressed like that might feel too much, but I, I get out of bed. And so it feels like, well, who am I to say that I know anything about depression when there are people who cannot function as well as I do. But I think my, my therapist said there, there are levels of this. And for me, like I have a very functional depression that my, um, I'm able to maintain relationships, even though I might not feel as connected as I, as I would like, you know, I'm able to, when I have a newborn, still take care of the baby. Like if the baby cries, I'm going to go and get it, but it feels hard. Um, but, but I'm still able to function. And so I think it's important for everybody to realize that even if there is different levels of mental illness, some people have it worse than others. Some people struggle with it for a short period of time. Some people it keeps coming back, um, or it lasts for a really long time and is really hard, whatever, wherever we might be on some sort of spectrum with this, I think that that all of us, anybody who struggles with this, or is close to people who struggle with it, that it's it's still our struggle. It doesn't minimize it because it's less than somebody else's. 